On today's show, Dodo does it again, sets a new career high. How has his development changed the Dallas Mavericks over the last couple of years? Also, what adjustments did Jason Kidd make in the second half of this Cleveland Cavaliers game for the Mavs to get the win? We'll talk about all that and more and clinching a playoff spot. On today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Lentich and this is Lockdown Mavericks I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Subscribe. If you're watching this right now and you're not subscribed, do it so we can get to 12,000. That's mm-hmm. our goal. Joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com, the Cavs crooner, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I'll just wrap the top. The Lakers suck. <laughs> <laughs> You're a day late. Oh, a day late. We I buried just, we buried them yesterday. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just I'm sorry for the people who, who tweeted and was like I, bummed that I couldn't be on this pod for the Lakers game. Some things are more important than basketball, so I had to. Uh, do something with uh with that but when the game ended my heart my heart was just <laughs> i felt for the lakers i just felt so bad for lebron you know i know you do just <laughs> and anthony davis sitting there with his hood up <laughs> it was incredible westbrook was great you know the westbrook show is incredible to watch and uh it's always let me good tell you it was not actually it was not it was not even like fun to watch yesterday <laughs> But tonight, I love every bit of it. But tonight was a tonight was a more at least competitive basketball game. It was for a little for a little while there for at least one half. The second half, the Mavs took over. The Mavs get a win, one hundred and twenty to one hundred and twelve. Dorian Finney Smith gets his career high. Let's go, Dorian. Let's go, Dorian. Career high, twenty eight points. Career high, six made threes. He shot twelve of them, made six of them. Is that a good percentage? That's pretty good. Um, it's, Probably not as good as he is at offensive rebounding, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this has been locked on Dorian for a while. Yeah. And we have been so big Dorian fans. He signs it. You know, we have the trade that happens at the trade deadline. And we knew going into the deadlines like, hey, we have Dorian and Jalen Brunson. And there was a, as far as up for these extensions. And like you read all the all the rumors, all the stuff, and it's like, hey, teams are calling about Dorian and Brunson. Teams want them. It's like, all right, yeah, there's a reason why they want these guys. Dallas obviously holds on to both of them through the deadline. They make the Porzingis Dinwiddie trade, and then right after it, they sign Dorian to the extension. And we're like, whoa, it's kind of surprising because that's the most they could really give him. They give him the trade kicker and player option. Uh, on the, I laugh because that that's perfectly fine. It's okay. There, I have zero criticism for Dorian Finney-Smith's contract. Yeah, I think it's great. In fact, the the day it happened, I sent out a tweet and I was like, "Hey, we could be looking at this Dorian Finney-Smith deal of saying this could be one of the best bargains in the league because there's a world that he plays so well through the end of the season and into the playoffs. He's one of the reasons that they win a playoff series or series." And then it's like, oh, okay. He could have gotten more money. Because <laughs> I honestly think if he plays like, keeps playing like this, 
and they go into the playoffs and they beat Utah and he puts the clamps on Donovan Mitchell. And then let's just say they play like Phoenix or something. And he plays Booker pretty well. Like he's getting 18, 19 million dollars a year in the offseason. Like that's just, on, just almost on hype alone. Yeah. And for the Mavericks to lock him up when they did, a guy who wants to be here, a guy who loves playing next to Luca, a guy that Luca loves playing next. I mean, what did Luca say post game? Wants to a few play my ago? I want to play with this guy my entire career. I mean, you can't get a better Maverick right now. He's one of my favorite Mavericks of all time. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's Dirk, and then it's probably <laughs> Dorian. Honestly, it's the the D's. Dorian. I mean, he's just been. His development has changed what the Mavericks can be. Like you said, I mean, you look at this game specifically, third quarter, who goes off, right? The Mavs hits five of their 10 threes, and you're like, okay, feeling good about that. Luka hit two of them. Dorian hit the other three. Him becoming a, a really, really good three-point shooter has just fundamentally changed what this team can do. Since, you know, in this Mavericks run, since January 1st, he's shooting just about 40% from three. Huge. And he's guarding the best player on on. Any other, you yeah. know, any given team on any night, whether that's a big uh, at times, whether that's a guard at times, a wing, obviously. And Steph Curry up to, you know, the Kawhi Leonard's of the world. Like he yep. can guard one through four. The KDs, you know, like yeah. from, from them from them to there to there. Uh, it's been wild to watch his development. But I think there's some smaller things that he's added to his game that actually have made him more valuable. Like Jason Kidd mentioned tonight that, you know, we've talked about expanding Dorian's game, not just being a three and D guy. The being able to put the ball on the floor, being able to dribble a little bit, being able to finish around the rim. Like how many times have we seen him finish around the rim, which is like a long outstretched arm and he finishes at the rim because yeah. he, you know, he uh, attacked a closeout or something like that. Like that's something that he's added over the last couple of years of his game. And honestly, I think Sham God is, is, should probably get some credit for this. He's the, the Mavs guru that works with them, you know, with everybody on ball handling. We've seen Sham God work with Dorian on some things and that's been added to his game, and that's been massive. It's been massive to have somebody else at least that can, you know, attack a closeout and uh, and not just be, you know, a guy that can only shoot threes and that's it, right? He's added a little yeah. bit to his game every single year. He's not going to, you know, run a pick and roll or anything like that. They've, they've done it a couple of times. He's not going to do post-ups like they tried to do at the beginning of the season against the Hawks. Like, oh. he's not going to do those kind of things, but he's adding just a little bit more to his game, and it's added so much to this team. Well, it's the it's the three and D guy that every team wants. And it's like, all right, well, some teams find the defensive guy, but they suck at threes. Or then you have the three point specialist, and you're like, all right, well, this guy's Ryan Brokoff. He can't play defense. <laughs> and here's Dorian. And we we used to say for so long, we man, I wish we could like kind of combine or merge Dorian with Brokoff or Dorian with an, another guy on the team to where he get his defense. And now that his shot has come along and bam, here we are. And you just, I mean, like you said tonight, 28 points. He said Luca after the game, you know, he's like, Luca tried to, you know, try to get me to 30 in this game. <laughs> and he's one of like, he means so much to this team. If, I mean, I think we said this not too long ago. If we're looking at role players who went down, like who would go down, like for injury alongside Luca, he might be the number one guy that can't go down. Be- just because like would be if the Brunson- biggest loss for the match. Yeah, if like if Brunson went down, it's like, all right, well, we have Dinwiddie and vice versa a little bit, even though missing Dinwiddie tonight really hurt him in the first half. Yep. But you know, in a sense, in a sense, it's like, all right, if Dorian went down, well, now we have Reggie. Reggie just doesn't have the the full size that Dorian brings, the full like scope, the Josh full Green range. Either. Yeah, the full range of being able to guard a four down to a one. 
And I just, I think he is so dang valuable to this team. And you just, you can't find guys like this who not only like the story of it is incredible from undrafted to where he's at, but also a guy who just loves being here and wants to be here. And literally every single person who knows him loves this guy. And the things that we've, we talked about earlier this month about him being like the heart and soul of this team, being the guy that people want to rally behind the guy that, you know, says something in the locker room and everybody's like, Oh, I got to listen because Dorian Finney Smith is saying this. He's the guy that's trying harder than anybody out there besides maybe Dwight Powell. (laughs) Um, But he's out there, you know, and, and he's the the guy that will, will scream and yell and will be will get everybody pumped up on the court. And that's something that's invaluable to this team as well. So it's the intangibles, it's the three and D, it's the little stuff that's added to his game. He's just become invaluable to this Mavs team. And I want to take a moment. We're gathered here today to honor the life, the legacy, and the human being of Moses Brown. It was it was good to have him in Dallas. It was nice to see his time in Cleveland. Papa Doe's will miss him. But he lived a good life in Moses Brown. We'll have more Mm. after the break. (laughs) Dorian, Dorian absolutely unloaded. On Moses Brown, who was looking the other. How many times did guys get dunked on and put on a poster where they're looking the wrong way? I I felt bad. I even hated doing that little bit right there because <laughs> Moses has been on this podcast. We we talked to him about Papados and everything, and he's he seems such like a fun dude. Yeah, but that sequence of getting yammed on and then coming down the court afterwards. And Luca just makes him look silly with the fake pass around him, and he turns around like looking around, like, "Oh, what's going on?" And Luca scores. I'm like, not, not a. It might be a little downgrade from Jared Allen to Moses. <laughs> just a slight one. Coming up, let's talk about the second half adjustments that Jason Kidd made and why they were so important, and how this team ended up locking up in the second half. Can they turn on a switch with defense? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, NBA Top Shot Isaac Harris. We've been going through my top shots that I, I have right now. Top shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA connect with the passionate community of NBA fans across the globe. Build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. I got this nice little moment. If you tell me about this Dennis Smith jr. One, one more time, I'm going to smack you. I know people were like, he's talked about the Dennis Smith jr. One three <laughs> times. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate you guys listening every single day. Not everybody does. Not everybody does. I got a Bryn Forbes moment. Now, before you just roll your eyes, Bryn Forbes throws this dribble move. He crosses and crosses over. And then Ish Wainwright on the Suns just completely eats it right right in front of him. And then Bryn Forbes gets in the lane and hits a floater. It's a nice little moment. And it's mine. And I get to own it. I can trade it. I can sell it. I can do all kinds of stuff for the NBA Top Shot. They have fantasy stuff that you can play. And if you collect enough moments from certain teams, they've done things where they've flown out a couple of fans to Game 5 of the NBA Finals because they had a bunch of Phoenix Suns moments in their collection. So go check it out. Head over to LockedOn.NBATopShot.com to start building your collection today. Again, that's LockedOn.NBATopShot.com to start building your collection. NBA Top Shot. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Lockdown Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can even hear us on that. All right, Isaac. The Mavericks made some adjustments. First half was going okay for them. I mean, you know, 
They were they were down 61-67 to a team in with the Cavs that didn't have Jared Allen, didn't have Evan Mobley. They don't have Colin Sexton still. Uh, it's just a team that just needs they, – they've been really going downhill lately. Injuries have just been ramping up for them. Um, no Rondo. Mm, hated that for him. <laughs> no Rondo for them. Uh, Levert has been up and down. You know, Garland's been their one consistent thing, and then they've had these role players uh, and guys in and out. But the Mavs then make a change. They allow 37 points in the second quarter. And they make a change and they only allow 22 points in the third and 23 points in the fourth quarter. What do you think Jason Kidd changed at halftime? Well, it, you you alluded to it going into the break of, do they have this switch? And this is what good teams... Do you remember that Golden State team back... I want to say a few, but it's probably a handful of years at this point, to where the third quarter... like Everybody was expecting the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, the oh, death lineup would come out, right? They, they're going to put out Iguodala and Draymond in that death lineup, and they're just going to and Sean Livingston, and they're just going to destroy everybody. Yeah, and it's like you knew the switch was coming. You knew they could turn it on, and it's like you feel like good teams could do that. And this is where I feel the Mavericks are almost at. Like not that Golden State team, but having that ability to. I'm not if they're down at halftime. I'm not having my head down saying this game's over. Well, we've I'm learned actually, that if they're down at all, they've come back from 2015. Like this team has been the comeback kids this year. Yeah. So like you see it from the very beginning coming out of in the third quarter, you don't want to do the cliche. They just tried harder, but in a way they did. It's they just, I mean, they were more locked in. They were tighter on defense. They were, they felt like they're on a string. I don't know what we need an in-depth thing of halftime talks because <laughs> I don't, I don't know what happens. I don't know if this is they all know each other now. It's like they're just looking at each other. We All right, it's time. Like, we, let's do this. We got to we gotta step in. Type so, thing or, yeah. After the game, Jason Kidd said, he's like, I didn't say anything fiery. Like, I didn't yell. I don't do that anymore. I love, I, I'm very appreciative that he, he says stuff like that. Changed man. Um, He said, quote, we, did, we didn't participate on defense in the first half. That's what he said no. af- after the game. It's true. They didn't. They just kind of went in there, and they're like, all right, Luka has eight assists in the first quarter. He's just going to go off. Eventually, Luka's going to score a bunch of points, and then we're just going to run away with this after the, you know, the first quarter kind of felt easy at times to them. And then the second quarter, all of a sudden, you know, like Karis LeVert just caught fire, <laughs> had 12 points. Garland had eight points. It seemed like nobody could stay in front of Garland, even in the second half. We'll talk about him. But the Mavs really did. They just locked in. And it just seemed like in the second half, they were like, okay, we just got to wake up. Yes, we're on the second night of a back-to-back. Yes, we were in Dallas last night, and tonight we're in Cleveland. These are both weird early games for the Mavs. Like, yes, all this stuff is kind of weird, but we just got to wake up and be the team and the defense that we have been this year and step it up. And that's honestly what they did, right? It's just it's yeah. just everybody more alert. And that's what this defense ha- – the, the defensive scheme that the Mavs run is, like, not super complicated. It's not all these different – it's not all these different, like – Okay, we well got to do this and this and this and this and this. It's that everybody has to be paying attention. Like everyone has to be locked in. Everyone has to be has to know the scouting report. Where there are certain things. Dwight Powell talked about it after the game. He said, you know, Callie Kaplan was asking him about what kind of adjustments did you make and what kind of things did you talk about. And he says one of the first things he said was knowing which direction players like to go. That's just scouting report. Mm. That's just knowing, okay, this guy wants to go left. This guy wants to go right. And knowing to try and close off that side and being able to be more aware if you're on that side of the court that you can come over and trap or you can, you can dig real quick and just like throw a hand in there and maybe, maybe tap the ball out. Like there's just all those little things like that. 
And then it all adds up. It all adds up. Everything's more crisp. Everything's more defense is all about just like preventing, right? It's just prevent. It's how much, how much more can you prevent? Can you just prevent 5% more, 10% more? If you prevent a pass, if you make a pass like 5% worse, it makes the shot then that much worse. And then it makes them have to adjust. And then you can recover faster. And then the other players can recover faster because then the next pass isn't as good. Like there's just all these things that leads up to and everybody just had to like kind of tighten up, right? Like yeah, tie your shoes tighter and go out there and just play better. And honestly, that's what they did. Luca, I thought Luca turned it up a notch defensively. But you also look at like their team shot attempts. Like so you look at the the second quarter where they scored 37 points. They they attempted 24 shots in that second quarter. You look at the third quarter, 16. Cuz you can't just look at percentages and be like, "Oh, okay, they must have really defended well because they had, you know, they shot 30% from the field in the third quarter." It wasn't really that. They shot 56% from the field the Cavs did yeah, in the did. third quarter. They shot 40% from 3 in the third quarter. But they limited the number of shots. Yeah, they like only took the, five threes and made two of them. <laughs> like exactly. The Mavericks took 10 threes in the, in the third quarter. Cavs took five threes. The Cavs also had three turnovers. So they limited the number of shots, even though they were still hitting at an efficient rate. And then they turned the ball over three times. And Luka was just supernova. So it was, it was, it was a combination of the defense, but also Luka taking it up a notch and is showing the switch that he has because he's a first-team All-NBA-er. And the ability for him to say, all right, I'm done kind of farting around with this game here. <laughs> I, I got this. And he put up 20 points in the third quarter. I mean, yeah, I, I, we've now we're like vets, vet watchers of Luca that. Oh, cool. Another 20 pointer. There he goes. He did it quarter. again. He's on it again. Let's do this. It doesn't happen often in the third quarter. It's usually the first quarter, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. First quarter is normally his 12. 15 17 points in a quarter type thing but that run that he went on in, in the third quarter alone hit a couple threes eight of 12 from the field 20 points <laughs> and, and let me tell you that this man did not go to the free throw line nearly as much as he should have <laughs> oh if he was not setting on 15 techs <laughs> oh for sure he he would have had one tonight 100 percent. yes there it just didn't make any sense like i, I you know i even said during the game Brunson had that weird flop against, against Larry Market and they got called. <laughs> that was obviously just not even a foul. Like even just the contact that Larry had on Brunson, I don't even think I could admit that that was a foul. And the ref was standing right in front of him. And then Luca drives into the lane and gets bodied. And then all of a sudden, that's not that's not a foul. It's like, what is what is happening that neither like that these things are these things are fouls and these things are not fouls? I was very confused by it. Like is Tony Brothers in this game too? <laughs> Where is Tyler Ford? <laughs> Did Kane Fitzgerald show up uh, to work tonight? I also want to shout out. Um, so there was a moment that Luca had. He like grabbed his knee and he like bent over and was like looking at his left leg. And it reminded me real quick, small story from the game I went to with my family the other night. And you'll get a laugh out of this, and Mavs fans will too. And Luca did something. If you remember that Jazz game, he he did something to his elbow, and he's sitting there in half court. And my wife is on, you know, we have our two kids in between us. And my wife's like trying to motion. She goes, Luca, Luca. And I was like, yeah, I see him. She's like, no, his elbow. (laughs) And and she's like legit, like upset thinking that he's 
for real hurt. Thinking that like, your whole life is about to be turned upside down because Luca just honestly, got hurt. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like looking at her. I'm like, no, he's he's fine. And she's like, what? Is he, he's just dramatic? Or I'm like, well, if you did like well, one top five. Well, one yes. <laughs> if you did like top five players that have at least one you know time of game that they're looking at a finger, arm, knee, something, and then they're like, oh, there he's, he's back to normal. It's Luca. So uh, it's LeBron anyway. and then Luca probably. AD takes it the next step and actually goes to the locker room. No, Luka no, no, because he that. actually gets hurt. <laughs> like, he just he just gets hurt all the like all the times that Luca we think is about to get hurt. AD actually does get hurt on those times. Yeah, Luca's Luca's inherited that LeBron gene of. Yeah. All right. I there's three rims, and I, <laughs> I just aim for the middle one. You know, I just that's just what. But hey. Y'all, y'all make fun of my team and how old they are. And then, I'll, then I'll keep show, that same energy. All right, keep and it. Then, and then I'll show. Hey, he's he's they're out of the play in right now. He doesn't like the play in, and he's staying out of the play in. He's staying true to his word. He's not going for that ten seed because he doesn't believe in it. So. <laughs> he thinks it ruins the integrity of the game. Yeah, coming what, up, you talking about me. Com- <laughs> I always thought like, you and LeBron you do this. I always you thought you. This now? I always thought you and LeBron agreed on similar things. Guys, we argued for like ten minutes before. No, it was this long. It was like thirty. It was like 30, 20, 30 minutes before. Like this legit argued. It. I think people would have really enjoyed it. <laughs> no, they would have been concerned. They're like, guys. They're like, mom and dad, please don't break up. <laughs> well, somebody already wants to fire me in the YouTube comments. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's not here, so we can talk about him. Seven, seven, like Stefan Sevens. He doesn't. He said he doesn't watch when Isaac records, and I just said, "See no, you to your family." No, 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 no. He said, "Homie says my family doesn't watch when." So when I'm not on, are y'all circled around the couch eating cheese puffs, watching because my face isn't on the screen? What is like? I'm just glad it's a family affair. Want all all of you guys download on your phone so we can get downloads for all the freaking family, but you don't want to watch whenever I'm on. All right, tell little Jimmy that he sucks at basketball too. Your son. So I told, him, I told I told I told him goodbye to the Sevens family because I'm not ever gonna fire Isaac. No, they're back. They're back, Sevens. Oh my gosh. Coming up, let's get into the rest of this game. And we're we're currently watching this Suns Warriors game, but let's let's play both sides of it. Let's play like we'll pretend like the Warriors lost this game and the Mavs are the three seed. We'll talk about what that means for the Mavs. And the Mavs clinch a playoff spot. So we owe you the Lucas song. We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four, and this year's national champion is coming this week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all the betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for your latest sports developments. Go check it out on BetOnline. They have all kinds of stuff. I saw that they had odds for who's going to hit the most home runs this year. That's super fun. Whoa. Go check out that. Go check out NCAA props. There's March Madness props. Ooh, in the final four, highest points scored by any player in the entire final four, Isaac Harris. 21 and a half, over under. Caleb Love. 21 and a half points, over under. Oh, over. Yeah. Someone will score more than 21 and a half points. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carolina guy will. Interesting. Uh, Where's your guy, Caleb Love? He is right now plus 2,500 to be the most outstanding player. Paolo is number one, plus 250. If you feel... Feel like those odds are enough for you, Isaac? You put down a hundred bucks on Caleb Love, and he wins Most Outstanding Player. You win two thousand five hundred dollars. Dang, sign me up. I wouldn't bet on uh, Paolo. I don't want any great value, Tobias Harris. <laughs> you feel strongly about any of that? Go check it out. Bet online. Well, bet online. It's where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris. 
We didn't give enough credit to Luca, I don't think. Luca had another great game in front of a Slovenian, in front of a, a high percentage Slovenian crowd in Cleveland. He likes to show out. My guy had eight assists in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, there was a at halftime he had over ten assists, I think. Um, he did double double at, at halftime. Yeah, yeah, we gave love to Dorian. Obviously, Luca deserves it. I mean, thirty five points in this game, he took it over in a third. It, this is what. Great players do. This is what all NBA team, all NBA players do. Can we do it again? Can we do the same segment over again? Let's just do it again. <laughs> this is what great players do. This is what they do. Um, I also <laughs> want to point out a little bit. Uh, one shout out to Brandon Knight for being back. Shout and out to him. Happy for him and his story and everything. But they did miss Dinwiddie, especially in the first half. I wrote down multiple times. So can Dinwiddie? Like I wrote down Dinwiddie <laughs> misses Dinwiddie. And it's just crazy how I got, I mean, Brunson had 18 in this game, pretty good game, but eight of 14 for the field, but they did miss that presence of Dinwiddie and it shows his importance on the team. I think for sure. Yeah. They meet, they miss somebody that can slash can you get to the rim. Yeah. It only felt like Luca could because, uh, there was no, you know, it was just Moses Brown out there as the, the only rim protector that they had. It was Moses Brown. And then they would take him out and it would be like this Kevin love weird, like, Isaac Okoro was their front court. <laughs> that was sort of it. They needed somebody that could just get, if anybody could just get to the rim and finish, they would have just been a blowout. 15, 15 free throw attempts in this game. That's all they had. And it's not, uh, tw- shout out to the person also who tweeted at me asking realistically why Moses Brown couldn't get a shot on the Mavs and we could use him on the roster. I'm like, did, did y'all you, just watch him? Did you just send him career? to go back and watch the third quarter again? <laughs> oh man. He struggled out there. The, the Mavs were like, we know all your weaknesses and we're just going to go at them. One by one by one. Uh, I I'm, I really was interested to see this game with with Jared Allen and Mobley how the Mavs would have responded, but it was not to be. Yeah, um, Mobley. This is his first game. In, you know, Mavs struck a little luck with this, with him getting hurt the other day, and now he's out. I think you know for like three games or something. So the Mavs have some luck like this next stretch here. Like they have, they're going to be missing a bunch of guys that they're going to be be playing. Shout out to Christos Porzingis. Uh, who put up his career or his season high tonight, 35 points. And uh, can't wait for Friday. Who's going to be more motivated, Porzingis or Dinwiddie? Oh, if Porzingis doesn't put up 25 shots in that game. <laughs> Without Kuzma and Beal. <laughs> should I just take a pie to the face on the pod? <laughs> yeah. If, if he, he does. doesn't, if Porzingis, and if there are obviously no injuries or anything like that, Porzingis doesn't take 25 shots, I will take a pie to the face. You're getting it, yeah. <laughs> okay, how about <laughs> who attempts more shots, Dinwiddie or KP? Ooh, it's definitely KP. Definitely yeah. KP. Yeah, just because there's no one else. There's no Beal, there's no Kuzma. Like <laughs> They're really yeah. running on empty with, as far as players right now. It's literally like Biden, Kamala, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, KP suiting up there. Some of you will get this joke, and those of you that do, yes. Uh, yeah, they don't have Madison Cawthorn out there. I mean, he's he's over. He's having fun doing some other stuff. So wait, should I know that person? No, it's that's why I said there's only certain people that know that joke. And if you don't, if you do, then it's funny. If you don't, then it's fine. <laughs> Leave it alone. Don't Google it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, like KCP took also, seventeen it's shots. Ka- it's Kamala. I said Kamala. I think. I know it's it's well it's one of those where you, it's like Kamala. You, you can mess it up just by like flubbing your words a little bit. Yeah. We can't say anymore or else one side of this is as political as we've gotten all year. 
<laughs> that is okay with me. <laughs> it's just mentioned oh. that, that politics exists. I just mentioned the vice president and <laughs> somebody will be in our, that's not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, they did miss Dinwiddie. This is the last back-to-back the Mavericks are going to play, so he won't miss any more games because of, of that. I think it was fine that they sat him in this one, especially with those guys from the Cavs out. But, yeah, Dinwiddie should be full go the rest of the season, which I am excited about. Yeah, heck yeah. No more back-to-backs, like you said. And let's see what happens on Friday. You know, we're obviously watching this Golden State game right now, Golden State-Phoenix. And, you know, if Golden State loses this game to Phoenix, Dallas will wake up today as you're listening to this Mm. on on Thursday as the three seed Mm. in the Western Conference, which is unbelievable and just further um, helps Luca's case for all NBA first team. Oh, you got to love it. Yes. Spoiler alert. We're going to talk a little bit more about all NBA stuff tomorrow. And I'm ready. I'm I'm on the borderline ready to just go full unhinged on this, that Luca should be first team all NBA. So let's say the Mavs will we'll definitely get into all that tomorrow for sure. Let's say the Mavs do wake up and they're the three seed. Mm-hmm. They still play Utah. <laughs> Great. Does it matter I mean, that it's three, six and not four, five? No, it's better. Why is it better in the playoffs? Because you're not playing Phoenix in the second round. If you're four or five, you're playing Phoenix in the second round. If you're telling me that I could play Utah in the first in the first round, which once again, not guaranteed when I'm more the, comfortable with that. Did you listen to what SJ was on? Was she, was she, she wants the Mormons. Bring me the Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> we need a drop. I need a drop no, of her saying that. She cracked me up. Bring me the Mormons. <laughs> Bring me the Mormons. Um, <laughs> but like you're telling me that your options, if you wanted to go ahead and look around to the second round, that if you beat Utah, then you're playing Minnesota or Memphis. Or the Clippers or Memphis. Honestly, the Clippers. <laughs> and uh, I finished. I watched that game last night, the other night, where they came back and whew, on the Jazz. That was wild. That was some like the Clippers are totally in the Jazz heads. And Paul George was amazing in that game. Does like, Paul George come back if Kawhi is not coming back? Yeah, I don't think Kawhi's coming back. Hmm. Okay. We haven't heard enough stuff about him like ramping up or anything. When do you ever hear anything about Kawhi? Well, at least if he'd be said as questionable or something. Yeah, sure. Doubtful, probable. I don't know. All right. But Here so it are. changes stuff in the second round, but it doesn't change anything about the first round matchup if it's three, six, or four, five. Yeah. I mean, best case scenario, they finish at three, they play Utah as a six seed. And then it's, you know, it's Memphis and whoever. Let Golden State and Denver be the four or five whenever that plays Phoenix in the second round, probably. And, it also it, it changes a little bit to me because the jazz, that means the Jazz were a little worse to end the season than a little better. Let's say they go on a little run at the end of the season. Now there's only like what six, five, six games left. They go on a little run and they rise up to five, and the Mavs are at four. Then the Jazz have maybe figured a little, you know, a little something out. But if they're at six and they've just been losing, <laughs> at this point for Dallas, it's about health. Like that. That's just where more than me, seating, yeah. almost. But I I want Utah, but even seeing some Denver stuff lately, they seem like they're almost on fumes a little bit. And Golden State, I I still just don't want any part of that, especially if Steph's. But like you could kind of make the case of, man, is Denver really kind of at the end of this just without their guys and all that? Utah struggling, Steph's not fully healthy. 
to where I could hear the argument for, we don't really care about seeding. We just want to be fully healthy. Because if the Mavs go into the playoffs fully healthy, it's going to be hard for me to not pick them in any series at all. I mean, us being biased, I don't know. (laughs) Biased, maybe not us. Maybe. Never. (laughs) But, uh. But no, if they're healthy, I'm fully confident. I just we just can't we can't take we can't take an injury between now and Easter weekend. For sure. And what, there's five games left? I don't know the total of it. I know it's under ten. I can't remember if it's under ten. Mavs <laughs> have five games left at Washington on Friday, at Milwaukee on Sunday, at Detroit on Wednesday. Home for the for the Blazers on a Friday, and then home for the Spurs on a Sunday. The only two games of those that's gonna like, I mean, you don't know with Porzingis, and there's so many emotions, Porzingis, Dinwiddie, all of that. But it's the Bucks and Spurs because Bucks are still trying to get as high as they can in the standings. That game on Sunday is gonna be massive for them. It might not be as massive for Dallas. Depends on what the Warriors have done. But that last game of the season will be fascinating because. Against the Spurs, and no, we don't know the start date. Yeah, we don't know the start time. Sorry, (laughs) our our friend John reached out to me at the game and was like, hey, you know when the start time? I don't know. Sorry, man. But like that last game of the season is fascinating to me because it could make or break San Antonio being in a Mm play-in. It could determine a seeding thing for Dallas of where, where, who they play in the first round and like all of that. So if Dallas is like trying to lose – because they want a certain seed, and then they let San Antonio win, and then San Antonio like gets in over the Lakers or something, that would just be hilarious. I'd be like, yes, Dallas lost in that. Made the Lakers miss the play-in or something. (laughs) That that would be so weird, but it'd be funny. You'd much rather take out the the Lakers than than do something negative to the Spurs? Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) I think everyone agrees with you. (laughs) No, I I I feel like there's some, like, I do feel like there are some, like, really diehard fans that like hate 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 the spurs more than like any team i don't i don't you know like them but i hate the lakers i dislike the spurs there you go the big takeaway the mavs clinch a playoff spot talking about the first team all nba and why lucas should be a part of it tomorrow thanks for making lockdown maps your first listen now make your second listen lockdown nba it's me and pat the designer from lockdown bulls today we'll have all of it covered peace wherever out. you get, wherever you get your podcast peace out peace out peace out boom 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 boom, boom.